You and I with Rashmi Shetty is a simple attempt of bringing in stories of people you and I can draw inspiration from. Ordinary folks, extraordinary lives, their uniqueness and individuality that make them interesting to talk to and to listen to. A reaffirmation of the fact, open your eyes wider, the world is far more beautiful when we acknowledge the presence of both you and I. Our guests today are Indranil Sen Gupta and Rabia Tiwari, the husband-wife duo synonymous with the Mahin Beach Cleanup Initiative. When they first moved to their sea-facing apartment in Mumbai, and saw heaps of garbage on the Mahim beach, they took the first step. Armed with gloves, they began cleaning the stretch every weekend diligently between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Slowly but surely, they inspired the city to step in and make it a citizen initiative and won a UN recognition. They shared their inspiring journey and prove why each one of us counts in civic movements. Hi, Indranil. Hi, Rabia. Wonderful having you on You and I with Rashmi Shetty. The Mahim Cleanup Initiative won you a UN recognition. Amazing reading about it, hearing about it, and seeing pictures about it. But what I'm very curious about is where did the journey begin with the two of you in life together? Rabia, going by history, it is always the lady who's right. So we'll start with you. And you start where you all met. And maybe Indranil can pitch in, if in case you have forgotten something. Thank you, Rashmi. Thank you for having us on your podcast. Uh, so Indranil and I, actually, we have a common friend. She had gone to college with me and um, she worked with him. And um, she had this crazy idea that the two of us should talk to each other. And I was actually in New York then. And Neil was uh, based in Bombay. So um, so yeah, so we, we just we talked. And I think the first conversation we did out of respect for our friend, because we thought this is just bizarre because he was in Bombay, I was in New York. But yeah, no, it, was, it was a great conversation. Yeah, he made me laugh. And uh, yeah, and it just went from there. And um, we, this was 2010 and we got, uh, we met up and... Uh, and got married in 2011. Yeah, it wasn't that easy. She makes it sound very easy. I know I tried calling her and she said that I couldn't talk to her for a week. Uh, and I was on hold for a week. And only after a week when she had time and she found time is when she said we could chat. And I think uh, that chat led to a very organic um, uh, association, relationship, uh, and... Uh, we had so many things in common. We both like traditional art. Uh, we uh, love music. Um, uh, uh, we love both, animals. we loved animals. Uh, we uh, both uh, have OCD for cleaning. Uh, you know, so there are a lot of things. And I, I was, when my friend suggested that I should be talking to Rabia and Rabia is based out of New York. And I was, my first thing was, why is Rabia going to consider me? And it's such a ambitious mission to one, get us to talk, and second is that something worthwhile comes off it, you know. But she 
was so right in trying to match our personalities and our characteristics. She's known Rabia longer with me. She's, you know, we've worked on a few projects together. So for her to in those interactions, understand that some of our, my personalities would match with Rabia was, was amazing. And, and thanks to her, we're, we're together. But, uh, but yeah. yeah. And, uh, but you must have been one impressive guy in Janeen for Rabia to leave New York and come to you to Mumbai. Yeah, that no, was. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, yeah, the joke is that I was mesmerized by her eyes, uh, and uh, she was she was. I let you say that. So yeah, like, I, I really liked his voice. I, I think when I heard him on the phone because we were just talking on the phone. So yeah, mm-hmm. so I really liked it. And also, you know, the thing is that um, uh, you know because we spoke to each other without any pressure, and because we thought we are so far away from each other. It might, it won't lead to anything. And mm-hmm. there's no pressure in that conversation, you know. So we just, it was a free-flowing conversation. We were talking like two friends. And so, yeah, it just made yeah, it very I, easy. Yeah, yeah I think that, I think, uh, I remember when we started talking, Rashmi, we both had a mutual respect, one for each other and each other's position in their respective life. And second is that we were also quoting or talking uh, at a time when long distance was still charming, you know, because you really didn't have great internet speeds and you didn't really have that great connectivity. So we used to uh, message each other, video calls weren't possible. Uh, We used to write to each other. I love uh, taking inspiration from music and lyrics. And I remember I used to find uh, I used to quote her songs all the time. Sometimes even even lie about them being mine. Uh, those words being mine, but that's not true. I'm joking. No, uh, no. But I think that I just think that it, what worked for both of us is that I think we were both um, sure about where we were in life uh, at that point, and we both were very easy, you know. Uh, and I think what worked with uh, for me when I was talking to Rabia is that she just seemed so humble and so easy to talk to because my biggest fear was that I'm, I'm from Bombay and she's from New York and she was there for 12 years, right? So I, I just thought that just that our wavelengths won't match and the world she's exposed to will be very different to mine. It, it felt like I had returned, I, had, I was in New York and she's been, yeah. she's, she's been in India and Bombay all her life. She was so much more traditionally rooted, you know? Uh, you know, so it was quite, uh, it, it was quite interesting, yeah. Yes, Rabia. What What is it about uh, this entire decision that made you say yes to shift from New York to Mumbai? You were clear what you're going to do once you come to Mumbai after marriage? I think, you know, when Indian and I met, I was actually, you know, already thinking of moving out of New York um, because I'd been there for 12 years and I was wanting to make that shift Um even in terms of work, was trying to uh, see if I can, you know, work with another company. Um, so I was considering that already, and I think that helped because I, before that, I, I always say that you know, if I had met Indranil two years or three years before that, I might not have considered moving out of New York because I was I loved being there, you know. So I had great set of friends and uh, just enjoyed it, and I think it was a great experience. It's been a huge part of my, uh, you know, growing up. Um, so I just uh, feel that it happened at the right time. And then uh, also, I think I was at, like you mentioned, I was at a point in my life where I was looking for a companion and I wanted to settle down. And uh, with Neil, uh, when we met, uh, you know, I, I came to Bombay because I'd never lived in Bombay before. So I wanted to see if I could live here. And I thought the energies were very similar of the two cities, you know, uh, New York and 
Bombay. Um, and I have actually lived in multiple cities. Uh, you know, I, I finished my schooling in Chandigarh. I grew up in Chandigarh, and then I went to Baroda. I did, you know, did my bachelor's there, and then went to Delhi, and then went to New York. So I was open to the idea to moving to another city. And uh, and I'd been working ever since I finished college. Um, so I told Neil, I said, I want to take a break for some time. Uh, when I moved to Bombay, it's a new city and also a new phase of my life. Sometime. So, yeah. huh? It wasn't sometime. It, but... Yeah, it ended up being two years that I did. <laughs> Neil was like, oh God, she's never going to do anything. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I did that. And then I, I worked with the, um, you know, with the boutique design firm uh, in Bangalore for some time. And uh, yeah, so that's, and I yeah, love being but... in Bombay. I think the one challenge that, you know, you face, uh, is that you know it's very easy to make friends when you are in college or when you first start working so i i missed having my friends in bombay uh, because everybody i met was his friends his family and also i didn't have any except one cousin of mine i didn't have any relatives also in bombay um so i think the first year was you know it was a bit challenging uh, in terms of that but yeah but now uh, it's great yeah just to add to what ravi was saying is that she was used to living in multiple cities, whereas I wasn't. I was always in Bombay. Now, actually, in hindsight, she's far more adventurous than I am, you know? And I think I, I did try to make an effort to find, an, find opportunities in New York, but, uh, but I was comfortable being in Bombay. So I think I was a bit unfair when I made her moving to Bombay uh, a more a, a viable option rather than um, I sometimes wonder if I tried hard enough to go to New York, but she wanted to get out of New York. So, yeah. so, but and also uh, you know yeah. that uh, the economy in the US wasn't yeah. going very well around that time. Yeah. So there weren't many opportunities. Yeah. So, so it was all of those factors. Yeah. yeah. Once we really decided, like he proposed, then we got engaged. It was like you know he gave me a timeline. I had to like you know wrap up everything and be back, and uh, which which took some effort because I'd been there for so long. I didn't give you a timeline. She had actually come to, so she had said, come to New York to see me and I couldn't afford to go to New York. So she offered to come to Bombay to see me. And I said that I will put you up and I will host you. And she was, she had come for a two week trip at the end of the two weeks. It'll be a lost opportunity if I let her go. So I proposed to her on the, on, in the end of two weeks and uh, she extended her trip by another week and we got engaged on that trip. Uh, and then she went back, uh, you know, and, and, and one thing, Rashmi, we had, we had done um, before talking to each other and, and, and going through this experience, both me and Rabia had not told a soul about us exploring a possibility of a relationship, you know, and we, uh, we were so, we were, you know, we were kind of superstitious. Also, we just wanted to be really sure about things before we, uh, we announced to the world that we do together, because sometimes what happens, you get so excited, you announce to the world and then. Things don't work out, and um, uh, what know. about the friend who proposed the whole thing? So she she knew she, she knew. In fact, uh, yeah, she knew. So, so the funny story is that uh, when I was coming to Bombay to meet him, you know, I was coming. I had taken the direct flight. It lands late at night, and he had offered to pick me up from the airport and take me to the hotel. So I had kept my friend. So she also lives in Bombay. So I had kept her as a backup. That you know, if this guy doesn't show up. <laughs> Or if at the airport, we decide this is not going to work yeah. out, you have to come pick me up, you know. 
so so the ashish knew all along uh, yeah. of course and uh, I, i told my eldest sister who was also my mentor a week before she was coming the rabi was coming um and yeah but ours was a complete leap of faith yeah uh, in the truest sense we yeah, yeah we yeah. left all the exploring and discovering of each other in the real sense after the marriage <laughs> uh and then we lost the friend <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm responsible for our doom. No, no, no but uh, but Rajni is a good friend, and we're still in touch. And yes, but uh, okay. But that's that's a nice touch to it because you know they say that uh, life is that which happens while we are busy planning, yeah. and uh, the fact of your union and Rabia moving to India, especially Mumbai. uh is something where the entire rest of your path was already laid out by the universe yeah. and i'm sure looking back now you're connecting the dots yeah. so uh you came here extended a trip you got engaged you went back you got married and you came here how did the mahim beach clean up initiative even get initiated rabia was it you <laughs> and your ocd yeah i i so so we were uh, living in shivaji park when we got married um and we were actually wanting to move to a slightly bigger house uh, for a while and then uh, you know we got the opportunity to live in mahim and live by the shore you know uh, so i mean you know it's the thing is that everybody in bombay wants a house by the beach you know so yeah, uh, yeah. and um, so we were lucky to get that opportunity and uh, we moved to that house actually during the monsoons in 2017 and um, and the thing was that when we looked out of the balcony when you look straight the view is lovely you see the ceiling and you see the the ocean but when we looked down or we saw the beach and actually there was no beach it was just a garbage dump there was so much garbage on it and it just felt really bad that you know this could be such a lovely spot for you know to take a walk or for people to you know just spend their evenings um so we we kept looking we first thought that maybe this was just a one day thing or a you know weekly thing but it just wasn't getting clean and then um, you know like any responsible citizen you figure out okay what what can can i do about it so we called the dmc helpline a few times um, and we told them about the situation and they would promise that somebody would come but we we never saw anybody coming to remove that garbage and so when we didn't get the desired response you know i just went to cheap jack one day and i picked up what a pair of gloves and uh, i told me like said you know let's just start cleaning it ourselves and hopefully when people see us doing it other people from their build, surrounding buildings will join us so um yeah and i think that one morning i think i just got fed up and i said let's go and i i just picked up the gloves and yeah. i said are you coming and we just took the elevator down and we went to the beach and uh, yeah and that, that's how it started and actually when we did step on the beach you know it was you understand you know like the 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 how how big the problem is mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and what are the sources and what are the dynamics at play yeah. and um, so yeah so that that's how it it uh, began and we met a bmc official actually yeah. on the beach that day yeah, and, yeah. rashmi let me tell the true story this true story is that i wanted to gift rabia a beautiful view ah. uh, <laughs> and um, and uh, a view of the sea of the mumbai sea and also uh, a clean beach and that's what led to a uh, uh, to my <laughs> beach being clean no i'm just joking but 
No, but uh, like Tarpes said, I think we we uh, we we just had a so a sore view, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, I kept thinking that something needs to get done, but I also kept thinking that it's not my job to do. And I had a lot of internal, I had a lot of inhibitions, right? Uh, which is that I shouldn't do it on my own. I need to gather people. Uh, um, it's not my job to do. Um, uh, and, you know, and Lokya Kenge, right? I'm PC Orka, you know, uh, what are people going to think that I'm picking up somebody else's garbage from the beach? Uh, but Rabe was more clear headed. You know, she just said that, hey, listen, um, there is garbage on the beach. Uh, let me go and see what I can do. And to be honest, we were also inspired by Prosha. He had started a movement mm -hmm. in Bombay on the Varsova Beach. Yes. We both had heard of him um, uh, being able to show some impact and difference on his part uh, of the city and beach. And so we took some inspiration from him. Uh, but she was the one to take the first step. And I said, I'm not going to let my wife go do this on her, on her own. And I joined her, and then uh, one one weekend turned out to become uh, turned out to be three years, uh, and a far cleaner beach now. Yeah, one weekend and three years. Oh my God, that's a long journey. You know, it is strange that you set out on cleaning a beach, and this is what how many kilometers of a stretch of a beach that you could see that you wanted to clean. Mining Beach is actually about 1,000 meters, so about a kilometer. Hmm. That's from uh, Hinduja Hospital and goes up to Mine Deti Bandar. And the patch that we could see directly from our balcony, I would say, was about, about 50 uh, to 100 meters. 100, yeah. yeah, 50 to 100 meters is what we can directly hmm. see from our window. Yeah. And the entire 1,000 meters was full of garbage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah and Rashmi, just to, it's just to give your listeners a sense of the geography, Mahim is the heart or the center of Bombay. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Mahim Beach starts from a very famous uh, uh, and renowned hospital called Hinduja Hospital and goes up to uh, uh, an, another very old, iconic church um, uh, in in Mahim. Uh, so that's one kilometer long. Yeah. Okay. The entire stretch was dirty one, Rashmi, because also it was the monsoon. So the street, you know, the street throws up a lot more. Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, it was like we walked on that beach and we were shocked to see that you know, there was actually no sand visible. Yeah. yeah. Like, what had happened, Rashmi, is that so we are a, we were a low profile beach. Uh, we didn't have too much VIP movement on that stretch. Uh, we were a middle class neighborhood. Um, also, the Mithi River that flows across the city, it's a 17 kilometer long stretch of river. Uh, that river meets the sea at Mahi. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we so a lot of the garbage that we get on our shores is from Mithi River, uh, and that garbage in the Mithi River comes from all the illegal in, encroachments and industries operating illegally on the banks of Mithi, mm -hmm. and all their waste uh, gets into the water because they mm -hmm. don't have a well-functioning waste management system. So we get a lot of that garbage that comes onto our shore, and we get a lot of garbage from the ocean. But most of it is from Mithi River. Um, and uh, the, the general sense was of the neighborhood and the authorities that right? And we applied a simple logic saying that if there is garbage and if you see garbage, if you see litter, you pick it up, right? Uh, and it needs to be picked up. So that's the, that's the appeal we went with to the neighborhood. 
and to the the municipal corporation office of our ward, uh, and we said, hey, listen, uh, you know, the Miti, you need to set a filtration system at the confluence, uh, and that's a larger project, but that doesn't mean that you let garbage that's three and a half, four feet high sit on the shores. You know, it's it's just not acceptable, and uh, and yeah, and that's where the, uh, that's where our involvement and our uh, initiation of going down to the beach and trying to see what we could do to us we could do on our own led to a lot of impact and 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 other conversations with both the neighborhood and the municipal corporation i also know what happened was that when you went to the municipal corporation saying that hey i have started acting on this uh when you couldn't or when you haven't uh made a lot of difference knowing that this citizen or these citizens are um, taking ownership of the neighborhood and they want to keep it clean why and then it, it's not our place to let it let them down you know uh so yeah yeah, yeah. and you know i mean like the first weekend i think when we went out I mean, we had no experience in cleaning a beach we've never done it before um so we we managed to clean a very small patch because there was a lot of backlog you pick up a few uh, pieces of garbage and then you see there is more garbage underneath and there is you know, a lot of plastic embedded in the sand. Um, so it took us a while to clean. But you know, the moment you saw a clean patch and you saw that water flowing on the sand, I think that is what you know just motivated us that we had yeah. to keep on doing this and made us come back the next weekend and the yeah. following weekend. Um, it took you, us, I think, about seven, eight months to see a larger stretch yeah. which was transformed and clean. The view from the balcony um, is very different from the view on ground, right? When you go down on ground, you start realizing what the actual problems are, right? And we human beings are fairly intelligent, so you start finding solutions to those problems. Also, what happens is that, you know, a lot of people ask us this, and when they see the visual references of the dirty beach uh, as against the clean beach now, they they just wonder how we did it, you know, but I think what worked for us is that we found simple solutions. We didn't say that, how do you clean this whole one kilometer stretch overnight? And we thought we, we started thinking small and that's thinking small and staying consistent to applying simple, small solutions helped us yeah, uh, sustain the whole, yeah. whole the, our, our, our efforts with Mahim Beach cleanup here. Yeah. My only curiosity here is uh, what about the neighbors in your apartment when they saw both of you going down? Did, were they curious? Did the kids come up and say, we'll join you? Who helped you? Who's asked? Just the two of you? How, yeah. how did you make it an initiative? Yeah, um, no, but uh, a lot of our neighborhood uh, and our, our neighbors and the neighborhood buildings were skeptical, like I said, because they thought this problem was recurring and, and nobody can solve it, leave alone a regular average couple, right? Once they started seeing some change, again, I think, I think our biggest success and the reason that we've been successful, one, to galvanize volunteers to come and help, and help us clean from all over the city has been because we've been consistent and committed. And what we've done is that we've recorded all our challenges and progress on social media, right? And that helped spread the word. And when people started seeing our documentation and our documentation leading to seeing to seeing a cleaner uh, beach uh, is when they started saying that, hey, we want to contribute as, as well. And I remember when me and Rabia were, were on the beach cleaning, we have a little alley that leads, le to, the leads to the beach, you know. 
So we are cleaning and we're we're dealing with the problem on ground, but we're also keeping our eye on that alley to see is somebody joining us, is somebody coming through that alley. And we used to get so happy when the first volunteer walked in and then the second volunteer walked in. And Rashman, most weekends we were two of us. Um, and then the first year we went up to 15 to 30 volunteers. Uh, in the second year is when we saw some real traction. And second year onwards, we were getting close to 150, 200 people turn up on the beach every Saturday. And so many of them had no connection uh, to that yeah. beach. You know, they were coming from far away suburbs. They come rain or shine, they were there help, uh, helping us clean. And that gave us a lot of momentum, you know, yeah. just to have so many people who we've never met uh, join us on a beach that uh, they might come once or twice or have not known of yeah. to help and support like the way they did. Yeah. yeah. Actually, a lot of the volunteers who came didn't even know there was a beach in line. You know, so a lot of people didn't know uh, yeah. that there, there was a beach that existed because, you know, it is a low profile beach and, you know, the big access points are near the hospital and the other end, which is the uh, Reti Bandar. And so the in-between stretch has just narrow to the beach. So, um, so yeah, yeah, a lot of people need to we, just get surprised I, that there is I, a beach here. I think what we did was when we started Mining Beach Club, we set a few objectives. One is to see how this beach, how you can see the sand on the beach and clear the beach of the garbage. Second is to get this beach the attention that it deserves, both from the city, uh, from the citizens and from the authorities, right? And third is try and gain momentum enough for us to uh, talk to the government and for them to take us seriously about building that filtration system because if, because that's really important. Yeah, that's and fourth is, how do you make a public space more engaging, right? Like your weekend activity for so many of us, default becomes a trip to the mall and buying things you don't need or window shopping, you know? And uh, that can't be the life we all lead, you know? Uh, that is uh, such an insult to uh, to all the beautiful natural surroundings that are out there. So yeah. the I, our biggest, I think, with Mind Beach cleanup, apart from cleaning the beach, was to get citizens to engage with their public space uh, and uh, we're and take up civic action and take up civic action. Yeah. You know, so 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 yeah. It's, it's very easy to you know blame the government for everything, but like. With Mahim Beach, we always say that you know it has to be a collaborative effort. It, it can't just be, of course, the government has to do a lot more. Uh, they have the power, they have the resources, but citizens also need to get involved. I mean, we I don't think Indranil and I had ever thought of going to a BMC office before we started this initiative. Um, and when we first went there, you know, we realized that it's you know it's easy to meet your ward officer, you know, it's it's not that difficult, yeah. and they are ready to listen to you. Um, and so, they're very organized and yeah. their processes for everything. But yeah. just that there's so many problems they're dealing with. That's where I think they want citizens to be involved yeah. because it has to be, we, we are both wanting good for the city, right? So we want, it, it, it has to be a collaboration. Yeah. And uh, and they respect that. They definitely respect that. Um, so yeah, this yeah. is, uh, you know, we've always said that, you know, it's easy to say that this is not my job and I pay taxes and this is somebody else's problem. But uh, but it is your city, right? It yeah. is right right outside your house. It has to be an extension of your house, and you, you should feel the yeah. ownership towards it. Yeah, I I think it started off with civic action, and now we're having conversations about waste management and leading more conscious lives. Yeah. Uh, it, and it's funny how the journey has um, 
has uh, proceeded, you know. Um, yeah. Who would know we would have so many layers of conversations? We only first thought that we'll clean the patch in front of our house. You know? mm -hmm. That too, the view, to make the view beautiful is where the journey began. It, it's so uh, lovely to see that at, at the beginning when you set out, it was when I get out into the balcony and look into the sea, that patch needs to be cleaned. And it ended up being a whole initiative that had so many people you didn't know come in and uh, make the initiative that much more richer. But uh, the first year you said you had about 15, 20, and then it went into the hundreds in the second year. So how did you manage to keep yourself motivated when you had just 15, 20 people believe in what you were doing? How were the local communities there? What gave you that push and motivation every weekend when you set out? that yes, we are making a difference? One was, I think, when we got down, you know, we have a small Koli community that lives very close to our uh, building. Um, uh, people don't know um, the fishermen community in, in Bombay, they're called Kolis. Um, so they, there's about, about 45 households that are just next to our uh, building. And, you know, this, I think it was the second weekend or the third weekend where the children from that village came and started cleaning with us. Um, so it was just nice to see, you know, that uh, I think I always feel that, you know, there are, we live in our building and they live in their community. You know, there, yeah. is, there are no opportunities for interaction uh, between yeah. these two communities. Um, so when we got down on the beach, they first thought we were mad. They thought, you know, what these two people, they think they're going to clean this. This is going to keep coming. Um, and they looked at us. Uh, they must be thinking, they will go and they will not come back. Um, so when, when they saw us doing it again, the kids got excited, they joined in. And um, I think it was probably just, the, I, for me internally, I think we, I feel like even if I picked up 10 packets of, from the beach, I felt like, okay, these 10 packets are not going to go back into the sea. And then uh, there were a few people from a neighboring building who, who joined, who saw us, who saw us from our windows. There was a music teacher of mine who buildings down. She came with her friends. Um, and yeah. it was I, and one of the big things that you know we always feel is one of our big rewards from this is that we met so many interesting people yeah. Yeah. Uh, through this initiative. And I used to look forward to that. I just looked forward to going down and meeting these people, having these conversations, people from all walks of life. Um, you know, and you would also meet somebody. You know, some of these Koli families have been living there for generations, and you know the history of the area. So that would be, you know, getting to know what, yeah. uh, what uh, you know, the history has been of Mahim, how this beach was, all the landmarks there. Uh, so I think all of that kept us going and it was, it changed our perspective in many ways. It made us very conscious because when you saw the garbage, you saw the damage uh, that it's doing, it made us think about how I can, not just cleaning the beach, but how do I bring about change in my behavior so that I'm not creating more waste. Uh, so uh, I think it was all of those factors uh, that you know kept us going. Uh, Ashmi, she's covered most of the points, but I, I I would like to add that I think the biggest motivation was each other. You know, yeah. um, uh, I was when I was down, she kept motivating me to perform, and when she when she was down, I kept motivating her because seeing a beach full of garbage can be extremely demotivating, uh, uh, and sometimes 
you wouldn't know what to do or where to start and you were just sure you were just brought down by the ignorance of all our all of all of us right how ignorance and how inconsiderate we could be to our surroundings uh, and our environment um so i think i would say that uh, we we've, we've been able we we were motivating each other second is that i think when you commit yourself to a cause and when people realize that you've committed uh leave forget the fact that you're able to show change or not show change but when they see you being committed to a problem they acknowledge it and they give you a lot of love and they give you a lot of admiration i think that acknowledgement and that love has also kept us motivated yeah. uh, we've had after 6 7 months of work we've had i remember our first article came out in the hindu we've had a lot of press write about us and about our work we had un felicitate us in june 2018 and more than anything is when forget anybody else but when the koli community who live on the beach and who live off the beach for them to see and use the shore to play volleyball or to play football or to play cricket or make a makeshift swing to swing on is uh, that feeling uh, is those are, yeah those is are irreplaceable yeah. or yeah. that feeling is what uh, makes you feel so good so high and makes you makes you keep going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and and sorry one more one more point is that the current lives we 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 are societies within societies we are not one society today you know um and with Ma- with mahim beach uh, clean up what happened was that uh, uh we met it gives you the opportunity to meet people from all walks of life and also to understand that how your life is so different from theirs right mm-hmm. uh, there's so many things that we have that they don't have access to and they don't have access to but they're far nicer and content people than you are you know yeah. and that energy has a different uh, um uh, that energy has a different influence uh, on someone you know yeah. so yeah. Well, like you know people from all walks of life and different societies working towards one goal you know mm. you're on that beach you're all working together just focused on that one goal to clean that uh, that so yeah it's just uh, yeah. been an amazing uh, journey yeah. i do i do even when you are talking uh, i can see you both reliving the whole thing of uh, the ups and the downs because that was part of the questions that i was to ask you next but you said it so beautifully in uh, in the way you segued into how you motivated each other and how you kept the motivations up i'm curious what did the volunteers get and you said many people don't even live there they live in other suburbs and who came so how did you keep the motivation of the volunteers up by involving them and making them travel the distance because mumbai is a big city and uh, people travel distances to go anywhere uh, so uh, was there some entertainment for them was there something that you gave them in return what is it that they found the high about in the process so so i think the one solution to tackle this problem is to get a lot more people involved right yeah. and we said how do we get this going so one was social media documenting our uh, uh, our challenges and progress pro- progress how can volunteerism be be made fun and second is that um taking inspiration from public spaces abroad and how they're used for uh, to host such 
beautiful concerts for free. So uh, it was a combination of those two things where we said that, hey, why don't we let volunteers come and do civic action and in exchange, give them some entertainment for free and well curated entertainment for free. Uh, and it, it's called Open Door Fest. We started in a property called Open Door Fest and we've done four till year. Yeah, we've started that on the first anniversary of our cleanup actually. So like Indranil mentioned earlier, so we had this narrow alley that we led to the beach and it was a dark alley. Uh, we got our volunteers involved and uh, some of our artist friends. So we painted those walls um, and Bombay Duck Designs, the artist yeah. came from Bombay Duck Designs and they painted it and it made it very appealing and welcoming. And um, and then on the first anniversary, we invited volunteers to come and clean and we cleaned for an hour. And then we had artists like Ankur Tiwari, Sid Kuto, Anurag Shankar. They performed for the volunteers and we had dancers from uh, SNBA who did contemporary dance on the beach. And it was so lovely, you know, for the Soli community also and for all of us to be exposed to all that on a beach. And uh, um, and we did uh, we did another one the following year where we had a classical singer, Chandana Bala Kalyan, who came and sang, uh, you know, classical music in the morning, you know, after the cleanup. And, and she herself said that this is, you know, this is so unique because I'm here sitting with the elements and I'm singing, you know, so um, and... Uh, and then we had, at, uh, I think right before the lockdown, we had a Belgian artist, uh, Max uh, van der Voss, who actually makes um, instruments from waste. A percussionist. Um, he's too. a percussionist, yeah. Okay. And, uh, and he was in Bombay and he came and performed on the beach. And it was wonderful to see. And he involved the audience. He involved the children from the Koli community. And, uh, and it was, yeah, it was just a wonderful experience. And also, like, because he was making uh, instruments from waste, it also helps you understand how you can, you know, waste can be turned into something useful and how you can recycle mm -hmm. And a lot of the Koli community children are very talented. very talented. Like, they're helping us put the show together, you know, so they create the buntings. Uh, oh, okay. uh, you 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 want to be zero waste when you're organizing these mm. events. So um uh, so everything that they do, um, all the crafts for the show, the stage that we make are actually made of bamboo and wrapped with old beautiful saris. You know, um uh, and uh, yeah, it's 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 lovely just working with them to put it all together. It's just lovely. The idea of especially for my mind beach cleanup, it was not just to physically clean a beach, you know. The idea was to, you know, create awareness and, yeah. and educate people on waste management, on how to keep your consumption low. Uh, and that's what we did with the cleanup on a regular basis also, um, where you know we when, when volunteers come to the beach, we do a small briefing at the start where we tell them about the geography of the area. And, and how to clean the do's and don'ts. And then in the end, once they've done with the cleanup, we have a chat with them and then we ask them for, you know, how they felt. And, uh, and then we tell them that, you know, your takeaway, you might not come again to clean a beach and it's not possible for everybody to do that. But the takeaway has to be that, how do you bring about change in your day-to-day -day life? Because every little bit matters, you know? So how do you segregate your waste? How do you proper waste management, how do you compose and how do you reduce your consumption? And uh, and that's I think that's what and I I I would want to say that there are a lot of people who are wanting to do uh, things differently. There are a lot of people who are wanting a lot of the volunteers who come from 
you know, far out neighborhoods. Um, you know, they are people who are conscious, who want to do something, and they, they, you know, we sometimes tell them that you can also pick up something close to you. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sure there are problems exist where yeah, pick up your beach, pick up yeah, your neighborhood, find your beach. You know, so yeah. and just you know, and that's how you can even sustain it because it's you know easy access and you're close to it. Yeah, and the joke is the power of one is overrated. You know, <laughs> try power of two. Yeah. So we, we we've also we were we also somewhere were hoping that more couples stick up uh, or friends or, or couples or siblings, or siblings yeah. uh, take up good because work it you helps, know? You know, because yeah. like you know we said, he said earlier that you know we motivate each other you know so it's, it's always good to have a buddy that's there with you to do this okay so uh, when you are going on this journey when you set out how do you know that okay today's cleaning is over because you were saying that you had garbage piled up for three to four feet tall. How did you decide that today's garbage uh, cleaning is done? How Do the volunteers tell you that we are tired or you set aside time? How do you know? Because you cannot clean the whole stretch at one go, right? And it keeps coming back. So how did you decide that, okay, this much is for today, your target and goal for each uh, cleanup drive? How was that set? By whom? And which of you is this organized person to document everything? And when you set out on the journey, you knew you're going to achieve the goal. So you decided you're going to document it because, you know, when some some of these decisions are very emotional and to get it absolutely practical and to have that strategy in place is very important because if it was not documented like how you had documented it, maybe you wouldn't even have seen, people wouldn't have seen what has happened over the years. But uh, which of you even got down to be so absolutely rational to do this this way? Somewhere it drives you also that, oh, okay, we shifted like maybe half an inch, but we did. And this documentation helped you in that. So which of the two of you is that... uh, strategy thinker I, I i would like to say that i have the ideas okay. uh, uh, and rabia is very meticulous in implementation and also we, we also try and bring our skill sets right so i'm a marketing guy by profession and i'm a communication specialist in a, in a sense so we were very clear at the start is that everything that we document on has to be real yeah. right no fat has to be real and second has to be conversational the idea was you know, to motivate another person like us yeah. you know, to, do, to, to take up something, you know, because uh, we, like, we, we are homebodies, you yeah. know, we don't, uh, and I'm, I'm not an early morning person at all. You know? So I used to be surprised at myself that I would wake up at, you know, seven o'clock in the morning every weekend, even if it was raining. One is that, so what we did was that we have a schedule, right? When volunteers yeah. to the beach, the schedule is two hours. Right. So what we did was that we wanted it to be early morning. So we had first set uh, the plan was first. Let's set our cleanups to be early morning, so the people can come do their cleanup, do their bit, and then have the day to do whatever they want. Right. One. Second is that a lot of our cleaning schedule is dependent on the tide timings. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, we, we usually clean during low tide, so you're usually looking at a six to ten o'clock window around the slotted our time to eight to ten. Uh, sometimes if you have the energy, you go on further. There are times you've gone from 8 to 1, 1.30, uh, you know, and uh, then we're doing, we're eating on the beach, you know, 
like a little picnic, you know, with all the volunteers. But uh, but I think that we complement each other. I sometimes uh, would like to say I have the vision and the ideas, yeah. and then Rabia is, is 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 with me every step way to see that those ideas and vision gets executed right. And there has to be soul in all that we communicate. That soul that 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 is when you're cleaning has to come out in the communication that we got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and listen, Rashmi, also sorry, a big mention. You know, so I we we stood on, so I quit my job. Uh, with the large media company, started design house, and uh, the people at that design house worked with us also on the communication. So yeah. there are a lot of people who helped us, you know, and, and, like and a big shout out to them. The beach with us, and you know, yeah. also help us with the communication. Yeah. Uh, was this, in a way, the reason? Because all of this is how the press notices. People see there is a regulation and they come in that it's not a random stuff that is going on, but an initiative with a lot of thought behind it. And uh, did this lead to that UN recognition? Can you tell us a little about that? The UN um, recognition? The, the UN recognition actually was, um, uh, uh, we were nominated by Afros um, and he told UN about our efforts. Yeah. Uh, and that's how we got that recognition. So it was very nice of him. Uh, and also him acknowledging what we do uh, was uh, was extremely encouraging. Which means social media and so social media help us gain a lot of volunteer traction, right? People got to know about us. Uh, uh, there are a lot of people who limit their uh, their uh, their engagement to a like, and our appeal to those people who do like, saying please join us. Uh, but but that being said, we've got a lot of volunteers from social media. What has helped us is also press. Um, I think after the first six, seven months, when the neighborhood got to know of our work, I think the press, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, did do did do some coverage on us, and that also helped us get the word out. Uh, I think sometimes it's important for the press, and we're thankful for the recognition and the acknowledgement that they give us when they write about our good work. But I think also sometimes the press needs to do some on-ground work because not everybody's intentions are right. So from whatever you have said so far, Indranil Rabia, the initiative started on an emotional note of cleaning the view that you had and ended up becoming such a beautiful civic movement. And now there are so many layers that you're even talking about uh, composting, segregation and making people aware. Rabia Indranil, uh, you have had an amazing journey so far and initiated such a beautiful movement that you very rightly call the civic movement. A lot of people are inspired mainly because of an emotional state that they are in to get into something. How does this rational side of documenting everything that you do help you when you're taking a project like this move from that emotional space to a more practical space? Uh, Rashmi, that's a good question. I think one of the things that has helped us is that we've tried to combine our passion to solve the problem, complement that with hard facts, right? And numbers and statistics, right? So uh, we are constantly um, monitoring and trying to put a system or a number to the waste we've collected or the waste we've recycled. So that for a lot of people who think in numbers and think about what is the impact in numbers? You're, you're able to kind of give them some rationale, right? One method of our um, 
calculation of the garbage we clear is by uh, what the, the garbage that we clear from the beach uh, that's us and the volunteers is by the 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 tonnage of the truck right and how much weight a truck can carry every truck that comes to the beach uh, and the garbage we pick, uh, the truck has the capacity of carrying 10 tons of um, waste okay. at a time. And uh, we're constantly calculating how many trucks uh, have we loaded. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and we try to get some numbers going through, through that. We've had a few schools who've come and tried to document how many bottle caps we're finding as against plastic bags we're finding. A lot of this data and that's where we're headed towards like what is that one product that you find the most of right because if you have some serious data the basis the basis that is when you're able to go have a chat with uh the policy makers and say this is the problem product right this is the one that needs solution now not 10 years from now so so data is very important uh we, there's still work to be done in in that and we need to be more scientific but that being said that uh, we, we we definitely do it you know, yeah. oh, and yeah. I think documentation, like Kunjali said, it really does help because even for us, when we go, we look back, you know, after after three years, you know, uh, when you look back at uh, the work that has happened, the volunteers that have come, it really helps because we've documented from day one. Yes, it's, and it's not only about the waste we collect, yeah. but the people who turn up to clean. You know, uh, yeah, it's just yeah. all of that. The uh, the uh, online reach that you have, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So it just it helps and also when somebody is trying to read up on you or uh, wanting to know more about your initiative it's all there you know yeah. so it just uh, it helps with uh, because anything. because if you have the right documentation and if you communicate it fairly well you'll have a lot you will you would inspire automatically a lot more people to take up and and and, and make it easy for a lot more people to take up civic action right? yeah mm -hmm. yeah very, very practical advice. And now we move to that part of the show where you're going to tell us your biggest takeaways, three life lessons that you've had, not only with this initiative, but overall three things that you would follow and you'd like to leave us with. Maybe in your case, we should have six. Three for you, Rabi, and three from you, Indranil. Yeah. <laughs> Because I used to always think that I was a very conscious citizen before we did Mind Beach Cleanup. But it was an eye-opener when I went down on the beach. Uh, and it made me so many of the packaging that I found on the beach are things that we used in our regular life. And it made me realize that, you know, I, you don't even think about it, but you are over-consuming. You are all leading a life of excess in our own ways. And it made me a, more, a little more conscious what I was doing and how I was contributing. So one was that, that I, I wanted to keep a check on that. Um, and then uh, and then waste management, of course, I think some of these might end up being joint uh, learnings for us and was, a, was waste management, you know, segregating wet waste and dry waste, uh, just that. And, uh, and third, I think for me is that I think I always want to do some on-ground work. I've realized that. Uh, it, the joy it brings and the satisfaction it brings. Um, and I love interacting with people that I meet when I'm doing this. Uh, you know, you learn so much from others. Uh, you learn from others' perspectives. And um, so I think at, at any point in my life, wherever I am, I want to be involved in some kind of civic action and doing some work on ground. So. Hmm. For me, it has been um, self-belief. 
mm-hmm. right? Um, it's made me look inward. I think a lot of our problems, I think, start with um, you pulling yourself down, right? Or you telling yourself you can't do this, you can't do that. Uh, or, or assuming that you'll be judged. And sometimes I think what Mahim Bichnab has done for me is let me shun those inhibitions, right? I think what matters is the impact that you can bring to any situation, right? Or, or, um, any, problem. or any problem. Um, so first is self-belief and, and shunning all the things internally that pull you back, right? Um, uh, second is discipline, right? In terms of, I think clearly you can't change the world in a day, right? If you're going to want to take up civic action or community service and, and get impatient because things are not changing overnight, then you need to relook and realign yourself because things won't change overnight. So one is self-belief. Second is that discipline. Third is that uh, Rab has already covered the fact is that it's time to read between the labels. You know, the time is, uh, it's, t- it's high time that uh, we lead more conscious lives. You want to know where that garment is manufactured, how it's manufactured, how that manufacturing and us using that product is affecting that environment. One last thing, Rashmi, from my end is that uh, the corporates, right? They can't say that they will fix the problem 10 years from now, or they'll find a solution 10 years from now. They need to find a solution now. They need to be far more responsible. If monoplastic is the plastic that's recyclable, then they all need to start changing the monoplastic today. You know, uh, they can't keep saying that we are going to use multi-layer plastic and see that there's some organization somewhere picks and takes the responsibility of picking this back out from the waste. They have to start saying, no, I will not use multi-layer packaging. And all have to start that today and figure out how they use innovation and science to still stand out when using monoplastic as uh, as packaging. Uh, and if they can't use packaging, and if they can come up with innovation, which is alternates to packaging, or packaging that is home compostable, uh, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just amazed that with so much money that these corporates have made, that they've not found a solution for it. Like it's just, which is a large company that's saying, I will give you a rupee back for the plastic you give me, or put in a logistic chain or supply to facilitate that. Yeah. You know, uh, small companies are saying we, we, we want to be sustainable and we are sustainable in the solutions we provide, but the small companies won't have the same impact than a large company like a Unilever would or any other PNG would or any of these large FMCG brands would, right? Uh, if they're saying multi-layer packaging is bad and everybody is saying it's bad, then why aren't you shifting to monoplastic, right? Just put, part, just put your name of the product nice and big in one color and put it up on the uh, package. Like, I just, I don't get it. Uh, you know, they would have want to have large conferences, forums, spend more money, create more waste to find simple solutions. Sometimes uh, it, it's funny how the world defies logic. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm, Very I'm, true. But you know, uh, the thing is, it takes us inward. In the last one year, ever since COVID struck, there have been global conferences which were virtual. 
So there's been no waste whatsoever that has been generated, no carbon footprint because the travel has been drastically reduced. And uh, people have understood they can work from home. So everything took a back step. And I hope and pray that this one year with COVID has taught us minimalism and understanding that we don't need to have everything that we desired we yeah. can make do with a lot of those yeah. and yeah. still be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like both of you very correctly said, I think change has to come from within. Yeah. Uh, it's that person who's inside yeah. who you need to get in touch with to yeah. understand who you want to be outside and not as defined by the world outside. Uh, very beautifully brought out Rabia and Indranil. Rashmi, on your show, I would like to give a big shout out to our three beautiful pets, Silo, Gabru, and Bella. Silo and Gabru are our are, are, are dogs, and uh, Bella is our cat, and they're our world. And uh, I think everyone uh, should uh, grow up around animals because, uh, because I, I think it could lead to a far more empathetic world. Um, exactly, exactly. And you know what, Indrani, I can't agree more because they keep us closest to nature, yeah. which is somewhere we lost connect with in yeah. our busy lifestyles. Yeah. 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 And um, you don't necessarily need to be in your home, but just yeah. engage yourself with, yeah. with nature. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're forgetting that and we have to learn to coexist. Exactly. Exactly. And this coexistence is what you so powerfully brought out. Thank you so much, Rabia and Indranil, for being Thank part you, of you and I with Rashmi Shetty. It was a pleasure. And thanks for taking us on your journey. All Thank the very you, best. Rashmi, you're lovely. Thank you. It was lovely talking to you. Thank you so much, Rashmi. We loved it. With that, we come to the end of this weekly quest of You and I with Rashmi Shetty. Do let us know if you know people who make the world beautiful. Write in to rashmi.thethirdi at gmail.com. That is R-A-S-H-M-I dot T-H-E-T-H-I-R-D-E-Y-E at gmail.com. Come, let's explore this amazing world together, both you and I.